everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Cast, the official podcast of Yinscam, the mobile app and software developer based in Pittsburgh. I am Jeremy McPeak, and I am excited today to be joined by our new Chief Strategy Officer, George Scott. George, congratulations. Welcome to the team, and congratulations, I guess, on finishing up week one. Thank you. I made it through the first week. I am <laughs> really, I am thrilled to be here. I'm so energized by this uh, by this opportunity. It's just the week has flown by. Yeah, I'm sure. And this is uh, only your second podcast ever? I find that hard to believe, being a digital this guy your whole my, life. This is my only, my, I've listened to a lot of podcasts, but I've only been the guest on two now. Okay, we might have to, uh, might have to launch a George Scott podcast special edition <laughs> episode. Yeah, all this. for that. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about your background. I know you, you got a degree in finance and accounting, uh, but you've worked your entire life in sports and particularly in digital, in the digital space. So how did that all happen? Did you always think you wanted to work in sports, but in the accounting side? I, I would say I was born into sports. My father uh, went to the University of Kentucky, ironically, when Pat Riley was there, um, back when the Wildcats were really great. Uh, and he quit school to become a horse trainer. So I was oh, wow. born into the horse business worked for my dad every summer growing up, spent a lot of time around the barn, and eventually worked on the business side of thoroughbred racing. That was really my, my first job out of college. Um, the entity that I worked for happened to own the LA Kings during the Gretzky era. And so between horses and hockey, at that point I really decided that this was the career path I wanted to take and I wanted to stay in sports. Um, at that time, it was in a finance and accounting capacity. Talk about, I guess, the, the evolution of the digital space and kind of how you transitioned from the accounting side into, into digital and websites. Yeah, I spent, I spent um, three uh, very long years in the biotech industry, which was, was a great space at the time. I met a lot of smart people, but I wasn't in sports. And what I noticed is that all of our venture capitalists were starting to put money into these internet companies. Now this was, you know, in the uh, 96 to 98 timeframe. And what they would say is, look, all these internet companies can develop income really quickly. And I sort of saw the writing on the wall, uh, was fortunate enough to find a company in San Diego that was building college sports sites. At the time they had 32 official athletic sites. And so I just graduated with my MBA while working full time and got this job that was really at the intersection of two things I, I had become passionate about. One was digital and the other was sports. Now at the time, you can imagine in 98, these websites looked like press clippings, right? Oh, yeah. just a lot of press clippings a lot of advertising. And I took a job there as head of finance and administration. And I would say that what I learned there from being in that role at a small company is when you're in finance and administration, you can ask anybody anything because if you <laughs> see the numbers and you know the budgets, you can walk into anyone's office and you can either walk in and as an accountant and say, I don't understand why we're spending all this money. Or you can say, give me some context on why we're set up this way. Help me understand your part of the business. Sure. And so I, I 
took a really active role in trying to understand the business just beyond the numbers. And that eventually led to transitioning more into an operations role for the company. And eventually when I left CBS, uh, I was chief operating officer of the college sports division. By then, over a, about a 10-year period, we'd grown from having most of what back then was the Pac-10 and a few other properties sprinkled around the country to 230 wow. colleges and, and universities. Yeah. You mentioned CBS. Talk about the transition. I believe the company you were with was bought by CBS. Is that right? CBS Sports? Yeah, we went through a couple of transitions. Our, our company was, was first bought by a company called College Sports Television, which at the time had a 24-7 college sports television network, and they bought us as their digital play. And that, was, that worked out very well. Those were great synergies. Eventually, after um, our first foray with CBS was we took over the March Madness On Demand tournament for them. And we, we hosted that, facilitated that. That eventually led to an acquisition by CBS. Got it, okay. Um, so you mentioned how the websites kind of looked back in when you first started. Is it, do you ever think back at like just how far we've come since then? I know I was working on websites at that point too. And it's, it's crazy to me to think it was just a bunch of headlines, maybe one picture. And now, you know, now we've got video, live video. We're doing live video Zooms right now. We got podcasts, we got social media, we got, and then we got mobile apps, of course. It's, it's crazy how fast it's evolved. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, occasionally I'll go on the Wayback machine to see what yeah. some of those sites look like. But yeah, like back then, I remember being able to sell something online, like a piece of merchandise. Our first, um, our first storefront was a monumental moment. And you think about how far we've come there. And I, I would yeah. also say that, you know, at risk of sharing, sharing my age, I've spent 23 <laughs> years in digital media, but part of that is because there's been something new and challenging every single year. And so to your point, we started with what was really a content management system to, to post press clippings right. to e-commerce. Then the big revolution around there was desktop, then there was mobile, there was mobile app and social. And so there's been this really, I think, just amazing re revolution over the last 20 years in terms of where we came from and where we are now. I've, so, I've always said the same thing. I've got to do a lot of really cool things in my career over the years, but what I've enjoyed most is that it's constantly changing. You know, six months ago, I'm, I was doing something different and every six months or every year, it's like some new challenge comes along and, and so you never get stale, you never get bored. So. Um, yeah. So talk about how you went from CBS Sports to the NFL initially and kind of what your role was at the league over the years. Yeah, that was a really, that's a really great story. You know, I was, I was, I was very happy at CBS. I had a great, uh, great group of people working for me. Um, really enjoyed that a lot. The NFL, uh, uh, you know, and this is a lesson about networking. A, a person that used to work for me had interviewed at the NFL and she said, hey, they've, they've got this job that I feel like you're perfect for. They're, they're thinking about taking their 32 NFL websites in-house and they need someone to run that organization. And I thought, geez, I have 230 clients and a lot of my business is about growth. I could have 32 probably for the rest of my life. Right? And really, <laughs> right. And, 
and really be able to focus on 32 brands. And so there was a real, for me, that, that, was, that was one of the main attractions. And then the other thing that had happened is the NFL used to outsource NFL.com. They brought that in-house. The owners were thrilled to death with that and said, okay, we'd like for the NFL to build out a common CMS you know, technology platform and front end for the clubs because if we set the bar high for one club, we're setting it high for everybody. And you know, we'll build a better mousetrap, create economies of scale, and across the board, we'll have a consistent product uh, for all 32 teams. Right. So there, there was a real allure for me. I will say, um, you know, that was not an easy task, partially because in that day and age, it was all about the big desktop. And so it was all about customized graphics and looking very different from club to club. Right. And so what we initially built was so customized that any sort of upgrade, like a, like a major video player upgrade, might work on seven sites, and then there were another three where it broke. And so oh. that process was very uh, difficult. Um, and the, the, the clubs, I will say, were very, were very patient with us, but it was a frustrating time frame for them. What my team and I did is we spent a lot of time on the road really getting to know these clubs. And I think that was, you know, as, as I look back on my time there, that was probably the most important element of my job was getting out to the clubs, sitting down with them and, and we'd show up and they'd say, do you need a, do you need a, a do you need something set up for a PowerPoint? And right. we'd say, no, we, we don't have a PowerPoint. And they'd say, wait, you're from the NFL and you don't have like a, <laughs> the note, we, we have a notebook and a pen and we're here to listen and take notes. We want to understand your brand, your fans, your objectives. And I think that, I think that resonated with clubs to say, okay, they're actually here to understand how the Baltimore Ravens are different from the Dallas Cowboys or sure. the San Francisco 49ers. And, and so we, we developed those relationships in spite of some of the challenges we had on the platforms in the early days. Relationships I've found over the years is so, so critical to being successful in business and, and uh, being able to launch new projects and work together. If you don't have those relationships, it really, really makes it rough. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think too is, um, you know, a club would always say, well, you've never worked, George, you've never worked for a club, so you've never stood in our shoes. But I certainly tried to do that, as did my team. So yeah. nobody would say that we didn't spend time in their press boxes, on the field, in the tunnels, in the concourse, in the bowels of the stadium, in the parking lots, right. in their facilities, training camps, et cetera, just really trying to understand how they were different. And, and I will tell you, the only thing that the NFL clubs, uh, the, the only thing that is similar from club to club is that they play football on Sundays, right? right Everything right. else is, is very unique and different depending on which club you're talking to. For sure. So you talked about the website project. Uh, what are some of the other projects you worked at, worked on um, during your 12 years with the league that you really are proud of or enjoyed? And maybe some personal experiences that, uh, that you can share that were, were fun for you uh, working for the league. Sure, yeah, let's start with, let's, let's talk about some more successful projects. So one thing I'll tell you is that in 
you know, it, let's call it 2009, 2010, believe it or not, there was a point where we had three or four clubs that didn't have a Facebook account. Wow. And, you know, so it's just foray into Twitter. This was, of course, before Instagram and Snapchat and a lot of the others. Sure. But um, so being able to work with clubs to shepherd them into the social media boom was really exciting. And um, that was everything from, from helping them with best practices around how to post to a lot of requests to take down fake owner accounts or fake team <laughs> accounts, like whatever it was, we got in there and we did it. But to your point earlier in the podcast, that was brand new for everybody on my team. It's yeah. very refreshing, very exciting. So I think to be part of the um, just the explosion of social media tied to the sports business was so exciting. And I used to spend time with a lot of other businesses that were in social media at the time. I think of brands like uh, Carnival Cruises or Zappos or Coach or Mattel. And I'd done a couple panels with these people and they would always say, George, we're so jealous of you. <laughs> and I said, why? Like you guys work for amazing brands. I said, yeah, but you don't have to start the conversation. It starts for you. It starts on Monday, right? Yeah. On social. That's a good point. If the, if the Giants had an amazing game against the Eagles or like something happened, that conversation starts. If I'm coach, I've got to start that conversation about a new leather bag, and that's not easy. So that was a really exciting era in our time. Um, I think the second thing I'd say is the, the um, what I'm probably most proud of uh, is the mobile web transition that we led uh, back in 2017, 2018, where we took every club off this really, at, at that point, antiquated desktop version of their sites right. and put them on a mobile first solution. Um, I think that what I'm most proud of there is we did a, I think we did a good job of setting expectations with the clubs. The clubs did a good job of setting expectations with us as to where there were real deal breakers in terms of doing a, just a radical transformation to everything that they had in terms of front end and back end CMS. And so it was a really strong, transparent, like day-to-day, month-to-month collaboration with the clubs. The the 49ers and Seahawks acted as beta clubs and really pioneered it for everybody else, making sure that they represented the things that where they'd say, this is not going to fly with my, you know, my friends at the other teams. We've, right. we've got to do better here. And um, ultimately, um, something I've really never experienced in my 23 years in tech is the project finished on time, on scope, and to a very high level of satisfaction. And just a, a real group effort there. That's probably the thing I'm most proud of there. Awesome. Um, I think you asked about about memories, and I yeah I have I have so many memories on the football field because I worked at the NFL. I've always got to be careful of not being too much of a fan of any one team. Right. So of course. I'm going to give you a couple of moments that happened just because I was in the NFL. I was sitting at a lunch table at the Oakland Raiders, you know, way back in the day. And 
I forget his name. I think his last name's Otto, but he was the center for the Raiders when they won the Super Bowl. Okay. And I'm, I'm having this conversation with these, these older guys who are telling me, yeah, back when we were in the Super Bowl, the ticket was about eight bucks. And <laughs> it just blew me away. Um, I also, as part of my job, got to meet, um, got to lecture several times at Stanford to really bright MBAs that uh, made me wonder why I was lecturing to them. But uh, in that context, <laughs> right. I, I, met, I met Condoleezza Rice, um, wow. which, which was truly amazing. Um, I got to meet Michelle Obama as, as, as a peripheral part of my job. And then just so many great memories of the games. I, I will mention one. I'll single awesome. out one club. My son uh, became a Packers fan at about nine when, okay. when they won the Super Bowl against the Steelers. And um, the, that was the last year we left him at home because the following year he said, you're not leaving me at home. I want to go. And, <laughs> and I thought, gosh, nine-year-old kid sitting at a game for four hours and the whole day. Right. He didn't want to get up to get food. He didn't want to get up to go to the bathroom. He just sat there entrenched the entire game watching the Giants and the Patriots. That's awesome. And, you know, um, that was a great memory. And then taking him to his first Packers game at, at Lambeau Field, which was not only special for him, but really special for me. And um, so I, I really cherish just, you know, whether it's New York, or Baltimore or Arrowhead, just the big differences in the fans and experiencing right. that whole, not just game day, but the culture of those fans and their differences is really special. Yeah, that's awesome. Really cool. Uh, I've been to Lambo myself. It's an amazing experience just as a football fan, but to be able to go as a dad and take his son, who's a huge Packers fan, that, that must've been really special. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. And I'll give you, I'll give you one. Other, I, I tell this story a lot, but, um, maybe when my son Jake was 13 or 14, the Packers were going through a rough stretch and he jumped off the couch and he started yelling at the TV, basically coaching the team. Like McCarthy, what are you doing? <laughs> and I, I, I said to him, I said, Can, just freeze for a moment. And he's like, did I do something wrong? I said, no. I, what I want you to understand though is I work in the NFL. And part of my job is to take someone from a non-fan to a casual fan to a hardcore right. fan. I said, you're yelling at the coach on television. That means we got you. Yeah, I'm like, congratulations, you are at the end of the NFL funnel. You will be a Packers <laughs> fan for life. And so, then, you had, then you had to explain what a funnel meant, but. Yeah, exactly, I did explain the funnel. <laughs> um, I asked him after the NFC Championship this year, I said, okay, so your team let you down. Are you gonna switch teams next year? No way, right? So I said, so you learned something about loyalty here and sticking with someone through adversity. Awesome. But that's just been an exciting thing to watch, you know, develop over time. Sure, absolutely. And during your years with the NFL, you worked closely, pretty much the entire time you were at the NFL, you worked closely with us at Yinscam. Um, what are some of your earliest memories of working with Priya, our, our founder and, and, and uh, owner of the company, CEO, and also the team? Just what are some of your memories of working with Yinscam before you actually came on board? I could, well, I can remember, I can remember the first day I heard about Yenscam because at the time, Yenscam sat in a division of the NFL that was stadium operations, not my area, right? Okay, so, right. 
So what I had been told is stadium operations is going to handle this, FYI. Well, of course, as soon as, as soon as it started to develop, I think the first call I got was from David Monroe at the Carolina Panthers saying, hey, I've just been put in charge of this Yin's Cam initiative because I'm digital. I need your help. And so that, that was the end of me sitting on the sidelines. And at the time, it was all about the replays, right? The, the live yep. replays in the stadium, in stadium yep. and the fact that you could see those on your phone. And, and I, you know, I believe at that time, we really did feel like that was the holy grail. Um, it's since proven otherwise. And I think Yin's Cam has become extremely valuable to fans in so many other ways. But at that time, that was really looked at as the, the big hook, right? Which was right. that ability to see replays in stadium. Yeah, no question. What are some of the other projects you've worked on with Yinscam and worked closely with Priya on over the years? Well, I, I would say, um, you know, why would I leave the NFL to come to Yinscam? And, and partly it is some of those projects over the last couple of years. So where Priya and I have really uh, aligned very closely together is on this um, Ticketmaster push. And, and really, I, I think it's, a, it's an NFL club push to mobile ticketing. And right. That's been a two, three year migration. I'd say we're 90% of the way there. You know, most clubs have done away with hard tickets. And so that's beneficial in that for the most part, if you want to get into the stadium, you have to have the app, right? You could certainly use the Ticketmaster app, but most people are going to download the app. And so right. that that's really sort of forced uh, a behavior, which is I need to have the app to get into the game whether I'm going to one game, three games, I'm a season ticket holder. So we work very closely with Ticketmaster on that. As you can imagine, that is a very large paradigm shift for the fan, for the person working, working the turnstile, for ticketing operations, for the digital people. And so Priya and I got to work very closely on that. Um, you know, we've seen our shares of, of hiccups and work through those. And then um, last year, the other project we worked very closely on was the NFL's evolution of the live game was initially Verizon only. So if you had a Verizon right. handset, you could stream the game. Then it was available on NFL mobile, right? And then last year, we rolled it out to the 32 clubs available on their mobile web and their mobile app. A real first, right? And, and I think yeah. really exciting from a club perspective, from a fan perspective, is that if I want to watch the Steelers game, you know, uh, there are certain restrictions, but if I want to watch the Steelers game in market, I don't have to go find it. I can watch it on my app. Yeah, wherever you are. On my Steelers app, yeah, wherever I am. And um, that was not a trivial execution and there was not a lot of time to do it we you know fortunately we got permission to do this not as soon as we would have liked but again the, the i think the the rules and regulations around doing this were complex so when we said go our biggest concern was is yens camp going to be able to deliver on this because we really like there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on this this is like this is a monumental watershed event in terms of NFL apps, NFL club apps. And yeah, we, for we, sure. we can't have any missteps. And 
that was really where I was most impressed um, with what Yinscam was able to do in terms of, uh, you know, pregame states, in-game states, post-game states. We certainly had our share of hiccups, but being able to quickly get on the phone and triage those things and make sure that they didn't repeat themselves uh, was really important. And so that I, I think was, um, you know, that's part of the reason why I'm here. The other part would be that I love the card structure that yeah. Cam has migrated to over the last few years. And I think in some ways it's very similar to what we did on the mobile web. On the mobile web, we had a saying, which was freedom within a framework. In other words, we're gonna give you a standard as standardized set of tools. And within that, you can create your own look and feel. And I think in the app world, the cards version has taken that to another level. And so to be able to allow clubs to, to personalize or segment audiences or change up their homepage. Um, I, I get a lot of clubs, um, even clubs within, I'll say even clubs within their division that say, we are a little jealous that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, but we're more jealous of the, the page that they launched on Super Bowl, <laughs> Super Bowl takeover looked on in awe of that page yeah. and want to know how we can do that next year. So that is exciting. Really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I remember early on when uh, all the team apps were being rolled out by Yinscam, a lot of the teams were like, ah, I don't, I don't want to have the app look exactly like the other team, even though chances are fans aren't downloading, you know, multiple team apps. But I think really it's about that flexibility. Like you said, teams want to be able to have their own personality and put their own touch on it and have some creativity through it. And, and uh, Yinscam's come a long way in that area for sure. Um, yeah. I think that's a, I, you make a good point. If I can expand on that. I got a lot of that early on too. And then what I, what I came to realize is what, what teams generally mean by that, that whole look and feel is some teams need to sell tickets. Some yeah. teams do not. Some teams have a, you know, a five, 10 year waiting list. Some teams are very sponsor oriented. Some teams are very video centric. So I've come to think about that customization in a different way, which is what are the things that I want to surface because of my brand goals, my business objectives, my fan base. And I think that's where cards really help uh, clubs leverage that, that ability to differentiate around those types of executions right um so i was with you at the uh the yin scams nfl team summit back gosh that feels like a year ago i think it was probably in march but <laughs> early march but um and i know you have a great relationship with all the teams and you were talking to all of them at different points throughout those two couple days uh, what was their reactions when they heard you were leaving the nfl and, and coming over to yin scam yeah well first of all you may have heard me mention that was my second yin scam summit in a row and so yep that's right First of all, just feeling honored that they would even let a league person come in the room was, was that, that like that's my most special memory of that. I I will say that um, when I um, look, the NFL has been so good to me and my family, and it's been such an amazing place to work. I don't know if I could have left there if I couldn't have still maintained and worked with the NFL clubs on the other side. So the initial reaction was. For most clubs, it was like, oh my God, like I, I, I never thought you would leave. Like I'm shocked. And then a couple of days later, it was, wait, 
we're still going to be working together. That's really uh-huh. exciting. And so that, that, that was just, um, that really gave me some reassurance that I was doing the right thing because I, I would say that most of the clubs that I work with really embraced that and said, Oh, this is great for you. This is great for Yin's cam. We're really excited about, about this partnership. And so um, I'm excited that I get to maintain, let's call it 23, 24 of the relationships that I developed over a 12 year period. Yeah, for sure. Um, talk about, uh, I guess you had a, you actually had a zoom earlier this week with all of the staff from Yin's cam. And, and one of the things you talked about was even though you've worked in the digital space, you're not a technology expert, but you're coming in to Yin's cam cause they've got that you, you believe in, in their product. Um, talk about what your role is going to be coming into Yin's cam and what you're looking forward to, to doing. Yeah. And by the way, I, I wish we could have done that meeting in person. That would have been, a, I, yeah. I would have rather been in Pittsburgh for that, but that will happen someday. Um, yeah. What I would say is, uh, you know, being the general manager of the club media group, you know, meet a stranger and they say, Oh, maybe you could help build my website. And I'd say, look, I'm the general <laughs> manager, which means I, I, I don't actually know how to do anything. I just, know how to <laughs> what I would say here is that I think the model that, that, that my team built out over time to partner with the clubs, to strategically guide the clubs, to help them really leverage the tools that we gave them to build their business and grow their business is an important element of my job. So let's, let's talk about like, we have a great set of tools. We have a great product. We're doing very well domestically. Um, I think that there are opportunities Domestically, there are opportunities globally for us to grow. There are opportunities for us to grow within the clients we already have as we provide new solutions. Right. We're, we're, in, this, we're in this COVID world right now. We will be out of that someday, but there are some behaviors that we know will inherently change. And so being able to help shepherd clubs into that era is, is, is a huge help. And then I think, again, where we really excel is we build great technology. We build great tools for clubs that make them easy to run their business. Um, I think one of, the, one of the areas that I would like to see us grow is being able to foster a strategic relationship with those clubs that really helps them uh, you know, not only use the tools, but think strategically about how they're using our tools to meet their business objectives. So very similar to what I did um, at the NFL. Right. How bright is the future for Yinscam? Oh, I think that, I think that, look, again, That's I've been a softball in, question I'm throwing up for you, but. <laughs> I, 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 I've been in two jobs basically for 23 years. I would not have jumped to a small company if I didn't feel like the ceiling was very, very high. And um, I just think there's a, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time on one-on-ones. I've talked food and beverage. I've talked mobile wallet. I've talked loyalty, CMS, cards, all this week. And it's really <laughs> exciting. And I just think that um, I just think that we have a superior product to everyone else out there. I'm sorry, but I do. And, and this is coming from someone who has worked with a lot of different app vendors at the NFL right. over time. And so I think the ceiling's high. I think there's a lot of growth there, and I think just we we need to be prepared for um, 
for a, a, you know, a much bigger client footprint. And that's part of my job as well. Right. Absolutely. And uh, where do you think, last question, I'll, I'll let you go, but I know you got a lot to do, but where do you think the mobile space is going in general? You know, 12 years ago, there really weren't mobile apps. And now we've got these amazing apps. Where do you think things are going over the next three, five, 10 years? If you have any idea. Well, again, I think that um, in simplest forms right now, no one wants to touch anything, right? So anything yeah. that you can do with your phone, without a credit card, without, um, without currency or, or physical currency is a good thing. I also think that the level of utility that the phone provides is, is one of the things that really interested me in Yen's camp, right? Because content on social, content on call it mobile web, mobile app, CTV, yeah. very different in terms of attention span and length of content and all that. Right. It's still content, but when you start to get into utility and how you make a game day experience better, whether you're in the stadium or not in the stadium, how you make the companion experience better, whether you're in the stadium or outside the stadium are really important. So um, I, I think that, I, I would say a couple things is there's mobile and then there's screens. And I think that, um, you know, the future is really all about screens. In other words, we've lived in a world where it's been the, the television screen for so long. We know that sales are down there. We know that my people have migrated to their phones in a, in a very heavy way. If you look at distributing live games across 32 NFL apps, that's a, that's a big step for people that now I can, you know, something people had asked for for years is I don't have a television. I want to watch the game on my phone. And now you can, that's a really amazing step in the right direction. And so I just view mobile as really being, um, it's a catch all for everything. Like that's the one yeah. thing you're not going to leave at home when you go to a game, you might someday leave your driver's license and your wallet at home. You're not going to leave your phone. In yeah, fact, most of us, point. if we, if we're missing our phone for a couple of minutes, we're going, Oh my God, where's my phone? Yeah. What did I do with so, it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm, that's where I'm really excited is to see. Um, and I, I, I think one other thing I'd say about Yenscam is I see a real commitment there to solve problems. So if there is a fan problem um, or there is a behavioral problem that we're, we're trying to understand, I think that the engineers at Yenscam and Priya in particular are very good at saying, let us help you solve a crowd flow problem, a food and beverage yeah. problem, a, you know, a logistics problem. Let us dig in and solve that for you. So that, that is, um, that is, I think going to be a big part of our future is how do we use mobile to solve problems for clubs and fans? Right. Agreed. Well, George, thank you so much for your time. I feel bad that I ate up uh, almost 45 minutes here on your first week. I know you've got a lot to uh, get into and still a lot to learn, but it was great talking to you and hearing about your, your career. And I look forward to uh, us being able to do another one of these actually in person at some point um, here down the road. And uh, at that point, maybe talk about some of the new things you've been working on over the, over the next few months. That thank you so much for having me. That was great. And um, I look forward to that as well. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for watching. And George, we'll uh, see you soon. All right. Thank you. Oh!